Hello, courageous friends. This is Nancy Engel. Welcome to the podcast, A Life That Lasts. And of course, I'm here with author Kendall Keeler to talk to a very special guest today. It is October 11th mm -hmm. here in Lancaster, PA. We're yeah. in our big office which is really a spare room. <laughs> anyway, Keeler, tell us who's with us. So the gentleman who is here, um, he might think he's nervous, but I'm actually a little nervous too because he's the one who, who had done the wedding and premarital counseling for my wife and I. Just this past week, we celebrated 36... Uh, 36. Yeah. How about 26 years? <laughs> I'm jumping ahead of the game here. Yeah, really. Well, congratulations. 26 years, but it would have been 26 years ago that yeah. we had sat down and had some yeah. conversations in preparation for yeah. Barbara and I getting married. Yeah. And... Um, so he was also the pastor at the church that I first started attending 26-some years ago. And he has been a pastor for many years. I don't 40, know. 47. 47 years. Yeah. yeah. So Vernon Myers is our guest today. And we thought we would just tap into some of his experience in the pastoral role uh, we did have a conversation several months ago with another pastor, yes. and he was the one that you were connected with, Nancy. Right. Do you want to just refer people a little bit to that podcast? It was an interview with Leon and Leona Oberholzer, and they're relatives of mine. I don't remember what episode it is, but it was very good. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast. Compare the two preachers. No, not really. <laughs> They're not preaching. No, it, it's, there's something special about talking to people that have interacted with folks yes. in this very difficult time yes. of whether they first get a diagnosis in some way that makes them alert to the fact that death might be coming, um, or whether it's helping with a funeral or having conversations with family. So, Vernon, when you think about the conversations you've had over the years with people in this realm of death, whether it was a sermon series, um, sitting down in a counseling room, um, what would be some of the first things that would come to your mind as you think back over those years of conversations? Would you say that it was... Um, has it ever been comfortable to talk about death? Well, it's one of the realities of life. I've always say, if you're born, you're going to die. Yeah. So we like the birth side much, much better. <laughs> we are just enjoying our number 10 grandchild. We thought we were done with the grandbaby stage. And then our daughter in North Carolina, her husband, after they had one 12 years ago, told us Christmas a year ago that they were expecting number two. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, we'll show you a picture or two uh, okay. a little bit after we're done. Um, so we thought we were done, but now I get to enjoy this all over again. In fact, this weekend, uh, next weekend, is her baby dedication. She's a year old now, and uh, we're enjoying this especially such because it's a gift that we thought we wouldn't have anymore. Mm -hmm. Our grandchildren were 12 and up to 19. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we got this little uh, princess that's uh, on behind, and uh, yeah. 
Um, I can have another as far as I'm concerned, but don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? They might they be might. listening to this podcast. Uh, well, they might. But, uh, yeah. In fact, they said, uh, you know, it would be nice to have another one since our oldest child, Aaron, is 12 and now he has a baby sister. Mm-hmm. We had him as an only child for all those years and he made the statement, you know what? When Naomi is my age at 12, mm-hmm. I could be married. Yeah. That was about rocked yeah. his socks off. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> wow. So I have heard Kim say, it'd be all right to have another one. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Now, when you first started at Mount Vernon, you came into the pastoral role as an associate pastor, yes. right? Yes. But you ended up in the senior pastor role because the senior pastor passed away suddenly. Yes. Is, is that accurate? Yes. Yes. Uh, that's true. Uh, Lloyd Kreider was the uh, pastor at Mount Vernon Mennonite, where uh, I was seminary uh, senior, and the uh, pulpit committee called and mm-hmm. see if there was any seniors that didn't have any any responsibilities planned. And I was in process for upstate Vermont, of all places. Oh, really? But that didn't work out from Franconia Conference, and so I did agree to the pulpit committee to come over the. Thanksgiving, Christmas weekends, mm-hmm. to do some candidating and uh, to looking at two options, and it was really clear to me that the option for us would be here in, in Nottingham, mm-hmm. or actually in Oxford. Yeah, and we've lived there since 1974 and came to Mount Vernon in 1974. Uh, you are correct that the church had been looking for a pastor. He was six. The senior pastor was 69 and was looking for retire. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that <laughs> I'm 73 and just retired. He mm-hmm. retired at 69. I guess we retired different spots. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, so we did come. We had two and a half years together, which was really, really enjoyable. And then one March morning, early spring, he was out picking asparagus and had a massive heart attack and died very suddenly. Mm-hmm. And so this concept of... of dying you have two options you have the slow process of getting ready for it Mm -hmm. versus the automatic bam it happens all of a sudden and you have to really get your arms around a situation that is impacting a family very dramatically yeah yeah and you had to help the congregation walk through that as a young pastor i would well yeah or did you have any help Did, did anyone else come in and try and help you no, not not really at that point. Uh, I guess I would say that, that that is the case. We didn't have uh, a lot of other help. Uh, mm-hmm. Looking back, it's a little foggy as to kind of how that process was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do remember preaching a sermon that New Providence is where he were bur- they were buried, and so we had the service there. And uh, you know, it, it's difficult for a congregation to do that. But then. Lloyd wasn't the only pastor at that point. It mm-hmm. wasn't they were left high and dry because I was there. Right. I had planned to come uh, to, to come to the pastorate, working with somebody, letting him that person be the lead pastor, and I would work alongside his associate. Mm-hmm. We would eventually go side by side. Eventually, yeah. he would decrease and I would increase, mm-hmm. and we were at that stage to to have him pass more information and, and responsibility over, and then he died very suddenly. Yeah. So, yeah. That is reality yeah, right. for many, many right. people. And then you were senior pastor at Mount Vernon for how many How many? 21 years. 21 years, years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And during that time, I mean, I I came, 
Oh, maybe halfway through that, something like that. Well, no, not even. Towards the end of the time. I think I might have been there for your last five to ten years, something like that. And I know for sure there was some significant uh, situations where there were people in the congregation Mm -hmm. that passed away. And I know there were several different times where either someone passed away suddenly Mm -hmm. or it it seems like the sudden ones are sometimes in some ways harder, but yeah. I think... Well, that's a good family debate to have and to talk about how you get ready for these kind of things. Yeah. It's a good, over a good cup of coffee chance to talk to your family about that. And you don't want either option, but would you rather have a chance to get ready for that and think your way through and always have a short list of things you need to talk about as a family? Right. Or do you experience that time when you can't go back and say goodbye? Yeah. That's got to be... Some, I mean, I've talked over the years to to a colleague at seminary who uh, was telling me his, his story. Uh, they were young married, and uh, he said he and his wife were having a um, little tiff. Mm-hmm. And she said she was going down to the church. He was a pastor at that point. She was going down to the church to get ready for Sunday. Mm-hmm. And she'd be back, and then we'll carry on this conversation. Well, he said she never came home mm. because there wow. was an accident down at the church, and a traffic accident where wow. she was killed. <laughs> and so that's the hard, difficult. Um, and I talked to somebody just this past week or two who her supervisor at work, uh, she was online for training to someday take his place mm-hmm. well it uh, happened more quickly than she was ready for it mm-hmm. and so she didn't have a chance to say goodbye uh, since mm-hmm. she was over in austria at the time when he passed away and um, uh, so she came home and funeral had already happened so when she got back she called me and said uh, can i stop over i said well where are you and she said i'm up in the graveyard talking to my friend. Wow. Uh, wow. You know, so, yeah. so you have those live conversations mm-hmm. where you try to carry on the, the closing of something that yeah. mm-hmm. you never had a chance to do. Right. 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 Yeah. And that can be, um, that can be very difficult if it happens suddenly. Yeah. What, what kind of advice would you give to people to make sure that we're ready in case that happens. You got time for a sermon? <laughs> sure, a little one. A little one. <laughs> Is there such a thing? That's right. Well, you keep the, the list short. I was thinking that exact you, yeah, words. Yeah. You can't, you know that you, you, you may be saying goodbye to the last time as your wife goes out the door or you go out the door mm-hmm. uh, or your children. Uh, it may happen in that direction as well. Mm-hmm. So you keep the list short. You have your own heart ready before the Lord. Mm-hmm. I I really appreciate it. I guess it's become my life verse, if there ever was is one, that Paul said in Philippians 1, 21, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Mm-hmm. I love the Living Bible translation. It says living means opportunities for Christ. Yeah. Dying, well, that's better yet. Yeah. And that's true. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's true with my head. Yes, we all believe my, it. Yes, yes, <laughs> in I'm not, our heads. Yes, right. Yeah, but I'm not ready to say goodbye to. I, yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. But yes. I think it's a good case for all that you're talking about. It's a good case for telling people 
that you love them. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. just handling relationships yeah. intentionally. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. we do really never know. No, mm -hmm. no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In your role as a pastor, let's pretend that I'm a congregate and I sit down with you and I say, okay, pastor, I really want to, you know, I want to do a better job preparing for death. Yeah. Can you give me some advice? Like, yeah. what might be good things for, uh, for me to have ready for you when it comes time yeah. to either doing the yeah. funeral service or yeah. anything related yeah. to what typically happens yeah. from the church side of yeah. things. And then I, I guess I go to my funeral director for other stuff that yeah. you as a pastor yeah. wouldn't handle. Yeah. Well, the funeral director does prepare the official kinds of meetings and, and uh, services, et cetera, et cetera. But for people who have never done this before, they don't know what questions are being asked. They don't know um, their feelings about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the things that, that was important to me over the years was to go along with the family to sit with them mm -hmm. at the funeral home to talk about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, just as a presence, you know, rather than mm -hmm. having all the answers. And I think that's one of the things that pastors particularly others as well in visiting somebody who's experienced the loss I'm afraid I'm gonna say the wrong thing right. and the the more important question is just whether you're willing to be there and, mm -hmm. and not even necessarily say a whole lot yeah um, yeah so one of the things I'm hearing just through that is the value of church community absolutely. having people that can be with you yeah if someone out there is listening and you're not part of a church community, mm -hmm. who who will it be that yeah. will walk with you yeah. through exactly. through a difficult time like yeah, that? Exactly. My yeah. brother died suddenly, yeah. and we found him on Christmas Day. Right. How many years ago was that? Eight. Eight years ago. And the pastor of my sister's mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. Um, where everything was going to be held. He came that very day, yeah. Christmas Day, yeah. and he sat with us. Just yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. He helped us when yeah. we were meeting yeah. with yeah. the yeah. funeral director, but he was a warm, yeah. caring yeah. presence yeah. at a time when we were in yeah. turmoil. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and family, I had a recent experience uh, where I got a call 10.30 at night or so um, saying, uh, well, my phone started ringing in my pocket, uh -huh. but I didn't recognize the number out of town somewhere. Right. So I ignored it. Then my house phone started ringing. I said, this is not good. Yeah. yeah. Some, so, yeah. Some, yeah. Some, something's yeah. going on. So I finally picked it up and it was uh, somebody from our first pastorate mm -hmm. and uh, saying that mom just passed away mm. and uh, family's here and we'd like you to come to pray. Mm -hmm. uh, mm. Some people are uncomfortable praying out loud. Mm -hmm. Not many people do that. Well, yeah. you know, if you're not into a church family, that's not part of your routine, it's hard to do. Yeah. yeah. So I said, I'll be there as soon as I can. And so we went to the hospital and that was an important closure, the point for for them to, to have that time of prayer, mm -hmm. reciting the 23rd Psalm and some of those mm -hmm. things that we all go back to in a moment of crises, mm -hmm. uh, the rocks that hold our world together. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so 
Yeah. You're just there. You're just part of the community. And I would just reiterate that again, or what you said about if you don't have a church family, mm-hmm. it, you need you need each other. You need each other more than any at any other time in, in life mm-hmm. when something like this happens. And and I say to people, you can't. We can't carry your burden. You have to deal with the loss of your own spouse or your own mm-hmm. child. But we can walk alongside so it doesn't overwhelm you, so it doesn't become too heavy to carry. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. And often churches typically uh, will, they'll help with a meal oh, yeah, for a funeral, cool. or they will yeah. help with um, yeah. other parts. What is there anything else I'm forgetting that uh, churches would typically provide? Bef- well, of course, a place, a gathering yeah, place sure, where sure. the funeral could happen. Sure. Sometimes sound yeah, and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, um, it's it's so crucial to to just be available as a, a believer, believing community, and and you need those kind of people around you during mm-hmm. difficult times like that. Um, I get a little tickled by they mean well, but you hear the statement. If there's anything I can do, just call me. <laughs> We've talked <Right>. about this. <laughs> well, they never call. Right. And you have never, you don't know what to ask them when they do call. I right. said, sometimes you ought to take them up and ask for something outlandish. See if they deliver. Oh, my. Yeah. No, that's very true. And we, uh, yeah, so if anybody wants to go back to that episode, was that the one talking to Jewel Shivery? Jewel Shivery. Yeah, yes. yeah. And she had... During that particular episode, she did get into, from a funeral director's perspective, some things not to say and mm, some things yeah, to say. Yeah. That can like, be instead helpful. of asking, yes. what can let me know what I can yeah. do, showing up and doing the dishes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. you know, cleaning yeah, exactly. the house, whatever, yeah, exactly. bringing a meal. Yeah, exactly. And some congregations yeah. are so good yeah. at that yeah. Yeah, that's kind of true. ministry. Yeah. Meals, yeah. you know, a lot of times they'll do meals yeah. and that that's kind of thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. I also say that for us who are part of a surrounding a family that's grieving, in two, three weeks, our life will go back to normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their life never will. Yes. And so it is important not to just simply a fair weather uh, call when, when the crisis is, but to be there two months out. Yeah. And uh, we have a friend that's coming up against a year. Their mm-hmm. husband passed away. And so I'm just thinking about we probably ought to show up somewhere around that time. Right. Just to be with her that night. Yeah. 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 And s- s- often, have you found, <clears throat> is it, uh, would I be accurate in saying it's it's typically holidays and, and maybe oh, the anniversary of yeah, the... that's the worst. ...of what we call graduation day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Nancy and I have started yeah. calling death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> graduation day. Exactly. That came from my grandmother, actually. Yeah. She... Yeah, used to yeah, call it that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the worst times, uh, and people. Um, I've heard somebody say Sunday afternoons is absolutely the longest time mm-hmm. of the evening for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then the holidays. Yeah. 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 And I just say to a family, you know, spend time around the table, thinking about the person you've lost. Yeah. Telling the stories mm-hmm. of that person's life. You know, I just remember a TV episode where mom had cancer of some sort and she supposedly 
didn't know it, but she knew mm-hmm. <laughs> in her yeah. heart. Yeah. And so dad spent the episode convincing the kids not to talk about it, not to, to mm-hmm. engage in it. Yeah. Just ignore it. It uh, somehow is a way to cope, but that right. doesn't work very well no. at all. No, it's better to talk. Yeah. Have yeah. courageous conversations, uh, right? like we're word. doing right now. Uh, that's a good word. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, um, let me, as we near the end of this, um, for you personally, when you think about uh, deaths that you may have experienced in your life, mm-hmm. I think your your parents, yes, they have both graduated, yeah, yeah. right? Yes. Um, in-law parents. In-law parents yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what What would you, as you think back on those experiences, what what things went well that you would say, boy, that's that's kind of something that I I like how that transition mm-hmm. happened. This these were things that went well. I mean, we can always think of things that went terribly, yeah. but there's not a whole lot you can do about yeah. that. But yeah. what went well in those experiences that you would say, man, I when my father uh, he was 84 when he passed away, um, I didn't realize he was not as well as he was, mm-hmm. or I'd have been there. Yeah. My sister called the next day or so and said that Dad passed away last night. She said, why weren't you here? I said, I didn't know he was that right. yeah. or that ill. Right. And uh, so that was a, a faux pas on my part of, of not being there. Yeah. yeah. No excuse, but two hours away is not across the street. So, right. you know, right. um, yeah. and my brother passed away. He got the call 1030 night in bed ready for getting ready for Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, um, next afternoon after the service, went on into the family. But um, what could we do? What 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 went well? I think probably the one that that means the most to me is my wife's mother passed away, and we were all gathered at their bedside. And you know, you hear families mm-hmm. singing their their uh, loved one to heaven mm-hmm. um, we drove all night to get there when she was in the hospital started going backwards and so um, we were around the bedside and she was still a little coherent but not much she mm-hmm. she did say to everybody I see Jesus mm-hmm. and she said not to anybody in particular but she said um, nobody can snatch me out of his hand Mm. So it was, it was a kind of a, kind of a spiritual moment. And Mm -hmm. so we were there when, as the breathing slowed and Mm -hmm. as it got to the point where death has come. Yeah. And those are hard moments, but sacred nevertheless. And, and, uh, you know, I, uh, leading a family or being with a family when that happens, I think is important Yeah, um, because you know, some people try to push it away, cover mm-hmm. it with flowers, cover it with yeah. alcohol, cover it with all kinds of stuff, right. just to be able to cope, and that's mm-hmm. the worst thing. Right, good. right, yeah. Well, Vernon, the theme that I heard, maybe Nancy, there's some something other that you heard, but for me, one of my biggest takeaways from everything we talked about here was the power of presence yes. in going mm-hmm. through yeah. uh, either before death happens having the courage to gather with family and have courageous conversations 
at the time of death, yeah. if at all possible, yeah. gather there yeah. and, and, you know, be courageous. It's okay to invite yeah. family or friends to come. I, you know, dad's not doing well. Mom's yeah. not doing well. Let's, you know, let's get together and at least be there as much as you can. Yeah. And even if a person's not able to be there at the time, gathering afterwards and being present Mm -hmm. and then ultimately i heard you say years later sometimes on a holiday or on a a, a time so that the power of presence wow that's that to me is my takeaway do you have any other thoughts nancy i would concur with that (laughs) yeah and we don't want to imply that um if it doesn't work out for yeah. you to be right, exactly. there. That is such a gift yeah, that you right. were given. I wish I would have had that gift yeah, with yeah. my mother. Yeah. Um, so what a treasure yeah, when yeah. you do have that yeah, opportunity yeah. and you hear yeah. that person yeah. speaking of heaven. Yeah. What a right. glimpse into yeah. Yeah. our exactly. eternity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Very good. Well, thank you, Vernon. Appreciate yeah. you taking the time to be cool. here with us. One little nugget. Yes, please. Psalm 90 is one of my favorite passages of scripture. Talks about um, a strong affirmation of trust in the midst of life's uncertainties. And then also a, a um, solid foundation of truth in the midst of our moral depravity. Mm-hmm. Um, that role is going to be exposed to an all knowing God who knows it anyhow. Mm-hmm. And then the challenge of teach us to number our days are right that we may mm-hmm. gain a heart of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And think, sitting in reflection, thinking about life, its meaning. Mm-hmm. As I said, we like birth much better than death, but if we have one, we have the other. And mm-hmm. we need to prepare for both. Amen. Yeah. So, listeners, I would challenge you to get out your Bible and read mm-hmm. Psalm 90. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a powerful passage. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's our show for today. Blessings to you and to those you love. We're glad you have been listening to us talk about living a life that lasts. Now, it's your turn. Courageously, sacrificially, live this week in such a way that your life will be a life that lasts.